Welcome to the GameZilla Podcast, your last line of defense in major gaming news. I'm your host, Grimlock, and with me in the GameZilla Media Studios, producer, Deadite Knight. Locked and loaded, baby! <laughs> Welcome to episode 250 of the GameZilla Podcast, a very special episode. We did it, 250. And with that, we have a very special announcement. All right, coming up this Saturday, video game players shall descend on the great region that is known as Southeast Michigan into the city of Westland, my hometown, for the Morelli Video Gaming Tournament. It's this Saturday, March 16th. It is a $10 entry, free, entry fee, and you can win the first prize of a $75 Amazon gift card, second place, $40 Amazon gift card, third place, $25 to Amazon, and fourth place, you get your $10 back. That's not too bad. And if you've never been to a Morelli video gaming tournament, it is an absolute blast. It's unlike any tournament you'll participate in anywhere else. It's not like, hey, we're going to sit down and play Mario Kart for four hours in the winter. Is whoever's the best at Mario Kart? No. Our man, The Glitch, picks out a secret selection of about three to four games that are the play-in games. And th these can be anything from a, a, a Wii Fit challenge all the way up to a Mario Party mini game or just some obscure sports game on the PS2 to a time trial in Sonic the Hedgehog. Those are all things he's done in the past and you're measured on those and whoever has the highest score after the play-in rounds will make it to the top eight tournament where you'll play off one one-on-one -on -one against other competitors for a chance to win the grand prize and be crowned the champion of the Morelli video gaming tournament. You can sign up today online at GameZillaMedia.com. We have the link right there where you can fill out your information and get signed up so your spot is guaranteed at the Morelli gaming, video gaming tournament this Saturday. And hey, I always forget to bring cash and I'm always like bugging other people at the tournament. Like, dude, I need 10 bucks to enter. Doesn't need to happen that way when you sign up online. You can just use your card, submit your payment right there. And it is a donation because it is for good cause. It is going to the Michigan Disabled Veter American Veterans. So uh, all of this, all the proceeds from this tournament will be contributed to a great cause to help out some veterans. You know, we care about the veterans. So another great reason to come have fun with GameZilla and play. It is this Saturday. Sign up online. There will be some walk-up spots available. So if you don't sign up online because the sign up ends on Thursday, then uh, you know don't don't worry. There's going to be a few uh, walk-up participation spots open, but you want to make sure that your spot is reserved. Sign up today, GameZillaMedia.com, and go to the Morelli Video Gaming Tournament section. All right. Now that you are all exhausted and everything, I'm also going to let you do the Patreon plug. Who let me just get the <laughs> Patreon hype? Like, just, just give, give me a second. Give me a second. All okay, right, we're giving right, you right, one all second. Right. All right, let me. All right, let me get some hype. 
Patreon.com oh, slash yeah. GameZilla Media. That's where you need to go get it. right now to, get it. to support this very podcast. There are obvious costs that go into producing a podcast every single week, and we give it to you for free on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, GameZillaMedia.com, and of Spotify. course, Spotify, a big place to listen to podcasts. We're excited to be there, but you know, Producing a podcast doesn't come free. And, you know, we produce a lot of podcasts. We have the Games of the Podcast, Legend of Retro, Last Action Podcast, Noobs and Dragons, Noiseland Arcade, Movie Blast with Bob Max. There's a lot available for you through GameZilla, and it's your patrons that makes that possible. Starting at just $1 a month, you can have, you know, access to, you know, early access to GameZilla shows as well as voting. Plus, the $5 tier gives you exclusive content that you can only get at patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. And we're currently, uh, by currently, I mean, we're always trying to come up with new great things to put on our Patreon page to, uh, you know, help your dollar go just a little bit further. So your contribution helps keep GameZilla free and available for you every single week. So go to patreon.com slash GameZilla Media and uh, contribute today. We appreciate it greatly. Very nicely done. Very nicely done. I'm done for the show. I'm going to go home. The rest of the show is on you. I think the show's done. We got we got the Morelli plug. We got the Patreon plug. We announced that we reached 250, which is, you know, it's not like a, a major milestone, but I'd call it a sub. It's, it's about 246 episodes more than I thought we'd do. Yeah, that's about where I'm at, too. Yeah. I mean, realistically, after I delivered uh, test episode negative one to you, which you loved the numbering, um, <laughs> then you know I really thought that was basically where it was going to die. Well, yeah, considering the for the <laughs> test episode that yourself and Chops recorded back when uh, we were, uh, you know, the infant Bit by 8-Bit podcast was you guys complaining about being confused on how to set up a Microsoft uh, Connect. Xbox Connect. Uh, yeah, from the Xbox One. And that was the show was you guys not knowing how to set up a connect well i think the show was actually us yelling at the connect to actually turn the <laughs> xbox on i think that is what we were really trying to do it didn't go too well but you know um did we ever release that should that be something that maybe we release on like patreon it's never been released. I I wouldn't release it. That sounds like a bad idea. <laughs> I think you forget now. But it, you know, it, it may be a funny thing for our our patrons if 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 the patrons want it, we'll do it. We'll keep because it I'm not on it. Like it's not going to look bad for me. I'll make you. I'll make you the deal. Okay. We will. Uh, we will keep an eye on the VIP room in the Discord. Okay. Yeah. So in Discord. The VIP Patreon room. If someone, at least one person, goes in there and says, yes, I want that episode, we will attempt to see if it's still there. I believe it is. I think we have it up in the cloud somewhere. That's a thing. I'm not sure how that all works. At, at I work in the IT. <laughs> at worst, I think I have it on a hard drive somewhere, but I'm pretty sure it's... Good. It's probably in my email. It's realistically you emailed it to me, so it's yeah. got to be in my email. I don't know if I ever want to listen to it again, but I'll do it for the fans. I, I don't think I could listen to any of the first 20 episodes. Ooh, right wow. Really selling this show. But yeah, after but that, but after the tw after twenty, we were good. After then, it would get it gets to what I would call listenable, <laughs> just like this show. It's listenable. Doesn't matter if you listen to this show and go, "Man, this is rough." It could be worse. All right, it I'm, has been worse. On today's episode of the Games Little Podcast, we will be covering Microsoft talking more info about Halo Infinite, Nintendo Labo getting its next its next piece of equipment. Uh, we got our Patreon news topic of the week that you vote on every week. Oh, yeah. What's it going to be, Hulk Hogan? And then Xbox kind of making a surprise move way ahead of what we were expecting. All this and more on the Games Hill podcast. Let's get into the news. 
I'm searching the web for the latest gaming news. Searching GameZillaMedia.com. Downloading headlines. What about this monster story of yours? Download. Topic number one. Halo Infinite has uh, has some rumors have been coming out. Some talks have been coming out that they are looking at making Halo Infinite a um, service, a game as a service, instead of the typical Halo every three to four years type game, uh, similar to I don't know Gears of War uh, and other traditional shooters that that we're using. So the um, some of the some of the people from Microsoft from three four three Studios are coming out and saying, hey. This Halo is going to be very different, and they really are recognizing. And the reason why they, you know, they kind of went forward with this is that, and this is a quote: uh, "We have to be able to change content quickly. Uh, we can't afford to wait three years every time we drop a new product and have it be a black box because the the games kids are playing are changing every week." So I just I thought that comment was really interesting. There's not a ton more of information in this article other than the fact that they want to treat Halo more like a Fortnite, more you know these game more like Apex Legends. They see the success of these games that are coming out more as that service style game and the flexibility of the game. And when I think of the Halo world with the ability to be flexible like an Apex Legends I honestly get really excited because that is that's what I am very like I'm all about that. And even when you look at games that I've been playing recently, like Anthem, uh, another service style game that and, and and we've seen a a history of these games that out the launch they're not very good, and then they just get better and better and more and more content. And that's what I think when I wasn't very happy with Halo Five. But when you think of Halo 5, it's like you, you got it, you played the story, and then if you weren't into the multiplayer, you were done. It was over. And now you're sitting here thinking, how cool would it be to have a Halo universe where every 30, 60, 90 days, you were getting more and more stuff of the universe added into the game? It turns Halo into like destiny it kind of it kind of takes halo and makes it what what bungie wanted to do with destiny or is doing with destiny i should say thoughts on this i mean you're not, i know you played a lot of halo with me back in the day but this i think does this int- make you more interested in the halo franchise so for me I've, I've never played a single player campaign in halo i've heard they're really good i know that's one of the reasons the game was really successful but the other and i would say the Let's call it a 70-30. The 70% of the success was the great multiplayer yeah. in the you know Xbox and Xbox 360 era. And I know that if you told me that there was a maybe even free-to-play or low-cost-of-entry Halo that played, it could be a Battle Royale, it could just be a a easy accessible multiplayer you know constantly changing and growing deathmatch you know the different like game modes you have in halo if that was available on the xbox one or whatever the next generation is i know it'd be enticing for me as someone to to consider switching to the xbox brand because we know I'm i'm a playstation guy and a nintendo guy it would I'd be consider consider doing it because i did have fun playing halo multiplayer back in the day with you with some other friends and it's, I mean, they were good games, and Halo 5, when it comes to a multiplayer, is still really good. I just think the player base sort of died off because there were so many other options that were realistically just as good. When Halo 1, 2, and 3, there was nothing that was even close to it, and then everyone else caught up. 
Well, and, and I agree with you. I think the problem here, or I think what they're recognizing and, and they're respecting here is your game kind of has to be that game as a service moving forward because even Call of Duty Black Ops 4, you're having seasons, you're having added content every every couple months with these with these new battle passes and all this stuff. It, it is the way that these games are going. If you are going to build a shooter and just live on it and then and worry and for three to four years and then try to launch the next version of it, that's just not how these games stay alive and continue to make you money. So I mean in the end these companies are trying to make money, right? I get that. But even from the standpoint of keeping my attention, which which results in me spending money on your game, is is that it has to you have to continuously feed the gamer now. And so when I think of Halo, which has never been like that, um, I've loved Halo, but then there was just these giant lulls of just nothing when it came to Halo we don't have we won't have that anymore if 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 they really indeed do this the way they're saying instead you will have a continuous halo universe where if you are a halo fan you should be really happy if you're not a halo fan you know you may not care about this too much but it is that it is that idea that you know games like warframe destiny division uh anthem they're all doing this so yeah you should jump on board you know i personally like this idea and I don't know how it would work, but I'd honestly love to see it and get with Gears of War as well. If Gears of War was doing this, I'd be even more excited because I love that IP so much. And it's tough for me to play part of a story and then wait four years to play anything in continuation of it. You know, and so I'm excited I'm getting Gears 5 right now. But if instead of getting Gears 5, you told me the last three, four years I could have been uh, getting, you know, has it been? about three years uh I, i've been getting continuous added story to it and not necessarily a new game i would have chose that uh every time a you know, hundred times over yeah. over this one game every three four years because every four or five months you have something to dive bring you back into the game for a little bit yep. now it's interesting because this is this is clearly the next step in the way games grow how it used to be you know let's look at halo one Halo 1 didn't have DLC. It wasn't within that era. Right. You waited for Halo 2. And then eventually you ha- waited for Halo 3. And then, then you know, the DLC era comes in. Well, that's how you expand the length of a game is with expanded story campaigns or uh, expandable maps and those sort of things to keep players interested. Well, then we got to the point where that model is sort of dying off. It's like I, the reason I didn't buy into Destiny 2 is because I wasn't interested to throw $20 at the game every time you know it would come around. But with the new games-as-a-service platform where you're buying into microtransactions, founders packs, those sort of things to financially support the game, and then they continue to have updates that you can choose to buy into or not, but still be able to play the game. That was the problem with Destiny 2. I couldn't really play the game if right. I didn't buy in. That's gonna. That's the. That's the new delivery platform, and Microsoft will be smart to at least try doing Halo that way. Because if the next Halo game comes out and it's a traditional DLC delivery for expansion, I think players are going to turn their nose up at, at it because there's other things that feel fresh and current all the time compared to just having you know four DLCs over the course of two years to try and get me to continue to play your $60 game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'd rather have a game that is either inexpensive or free that I could throw money into 
as I choose to, opposed to a $60 game that becomes a $160 game after you buy all the extra expansions. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, uh, I mean, I think we've, We've seen it with if you've talked to myself or um, or Jazzy about like how much money we've put into League of Legends, right? A game that we care about, and because it's free to play, and, and they just find other ways to generate money from us, they've made more money off of us than they would have if this game would have just cost money up front, and and they wouldn't have continued to trickle content into it, and so. And then games, and then going the opposite direction with like uh, Call of Duty, where they're giving you the battle passes for free. So you bought this game for sixty bucks; it wasn't free. So you, but the battle pass is free. Where the free games, you have to buy the battle pass. So I mean, I think there's interesting ideas here that that different companies are trying. And and I'm not saying there's one right way. It works. It works multiple ways. But Halo could definitely look at the success of many, many different companies here and uh, and find find a new life for Halo, which is which uh, for all purposes is dead right now. Halo could have success going the Call of Duty method because it's an established game. It's an established series that players already know and love where Apex Legends has to go to the free route with the paid battle passes because it was a new IP. If you want a huge player base really fast, give the game away. It's worked tremendously for them, but I don't necessarily see Halo having to go with the free-to-play model. They could do the Call of Duty like, hey, you know, here's your $60 game, and, you know, you're going to get your Halo Pass or, you know, whatever you want to call it yeah. for free every three months because you bought into the the sixty dollar game, I could see them going that route and having success with it. I could also see them doing doing the Fortnite style where they have their main game, and then they go, "Here's Red vs. Blue Battle Royale." Yeah, and then all of a sudden I'm like, "Oh man, Red vs. Blue!" So I have that just nostalgia of Red vs. Blue, and I have my love for Battle Royale currently, and here it is for free. And then I'm playing it, I'm loving it, I'm loving it. I want a little more Halo. Now I go explore the paid version of the you know the rest of the game. Yeah. So it, it is very interesting. I, I do the more and more we hear about Halo Infinite, the more excited I get to for E3 2019, where they have pretty much confirmed this is where we're going to be finding out a ton about Halo Infinite and uh, and and how it's going to be launching. Most likely, I, this is, we're going to be looking at this as a uh, the next gen launch title for this for the new xbox coming in 2020 we're assuming so all right pretty cool stuff though topic number two nintendo labo has uh come out and released virtual reality for the switch something that has been leaked and rumored since shortly after the switch launched Okay. Those so. those patents came out of a Switch VR peripheral. Yep. Two years ago, it's interesting because Nintendo denied it back then. <laughs> Nintendo was like, like, oh, you know, you know, because they were playing the wait and see with the whole VR thing, and they were kind of downplaying like this is just, you know, people were saying just a patent that doesn't mean anything. So it's very interesting that out of nowhere they dropped this on so us. So what's your immediate reaction to this? Like mine is uh, skepticism. Like I, I really don't think this is the greatest move for them so my thoughts on it is i don't have a vr headset i i, I haven't bought into uh the htc vive or whatever or you know i haven't oculus, oculus or PSVR. psvr i haven't i haven't bought into one of them because of the cost of entry and 
I didn't buy Labo because it didn't necessarily look like something a 30-year-old man would have fun playing. <laughs> here's here's where things get interesting. So we, we, we've seen some screenshots. There's not even really an official trailer that I could find out there for this Labo VR, but it's it's the same principle as Labo where it's, you know, you get, uh, you can buy a kit. There's the starter kit that's going to be 40 or the, you know, the full kit, which is 80, which is a really accessible price for something that is VR technology that's not something you bought at the Dollar Tree to slide your Samsung Galaxy 3 in. <laughs> you know, like consider like price-wise, if you have an interest in playing with VR or more importantly, your child, your, your preteen is interested in that sort of thing, it's cheaper than buying a PlayStation VR or something like that. I mean, obviously, it's cheaper. You're looking at a $40 startup kit, which comes with, like, one build for it, and then you have an $80, like, five-build uh, kit. And so, but the problem I have with this, like, why I, why I said that I'm, I'm not feeling uh, Labo VR is because, first of all, the uh, Switch's resolution is a 720p screen, and I, however many, how, how big, how many inches is that ta- the tablet? I, I forgot. Is it? Whatever. But... The it's like it's like six inches. The right? issue inches. is that when you do that, the math, the resolution is technically lower than the developer kit of the original Oculus before it was even released to the public, mm-hmm. which was ugly as as sin. Okay, so when you mix that with the fact that the screen resol- the screen is actually bigger than some of the cheapo Samsung stuff that you've uh, that you referenced the resolution is actually worse than even the worst cheap VR you can buy for a phone. Then when you mix their marketing, which shows, I'm looking at it right now, it shows one, two, three, five children holding these things to their face. And I remember reading VR warnings, even when I opened up my PSVR that said younger children shouldn't use VR for long periods of time due to their eyes still developing, yet you're focusing this towards children, and I can't help but think you didn't learn anything from the virtual boy. Well, the (laughs) issue is, you know, glasses aren't that expensive anymore. (laughs) Like kids, so what if they start Screw to go it. blind? If you're like 13 and you're going blind, that's about the time I started losing my eyesight. I wish I had a VR headset that caused me to go blind instead of just poor genetics. <laughs> right, but you'll have poor genetics plus something to, to accelerate it. Now I know you are going to buy this because uh, one of the games looks like yeah, <laughs> I you know exactly knew, what you're yeah, going to say here. It's an elephant. It's an elephant, yeah. and my wife's favorite animal. Is elephants. Yeah. So, so you're going to have to lose your vision just to, you know, make her happy. I'm sure as soon as she finds out about this, that she's like, <laughs> I can be an elephant on Switch. Like, she's going to want this. Yeah. Uh, and the the thing I have to think about this is just from a looking at it perspective, you, you just laid out all these spec reasons why it's going to suck. And Honestly, playing with cardboard toys with your system attached to it doesn't sound like something I'm going to want to do or will be good. But Nintendo, consistently forever, has done more with less. That's the company principle. Yeah, this one doesn't seem like a home run to me, though. Yeah, but <laughs> like I, I don't disagree with you yeah. except for this one. And and again, they're not and virtual selling, boy. They're they're not. The virtual boy was a huge failure. <laughs> Which this reminds me a lot of the virtual boy, uh, just cheaper. Yeah, but this is eighty dollars to go as an add-on to a system that you already have marketed. Eighty dollars 
for cardboard. Yeah. Okay. And software. Okay. And software where you hold a bird to your face and what, fly? And then maybe, maybe. a camera to your face and take pretend photos. Just use a real camera. Wait, time out, time out. So you're telling me right now as you defecate on the camera add-on, the one I'm the most excited about, that in in six months when they release a Pokemon Snap <laughs> no. Nintendo Labo edition, no. you're not buying it. There, there's not. First of all, that won't happen. And oh, but first off, it will. No, it won't. But it absolutely will. First of all, the fake. This is my problem with Labo is that they take a lot of weird, like real life situation and just throw it in there. Like, uh, like, <laughs> like, 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 I want a game. Okay, the the first Labo stuff that came out. The robot um, mechanism, right, where you wore the backpack and yeah. you had to build all the pulleys, that was really cool to me. But then, like, you had, like, I don't know, like, the piano. And I was like, just fuck, just play a piano. Like, what do you mean? Pianos are expensive. Yeah, but, Grim. like, I don't know, play a keyboard then. I don't know what to tell you. But at the, And then it was like, what was the other one? The house. It was literally a house. <laughs> I was like, what? that's not a game. <laughs> Okay, and so like this camera thing, it's like, all right, yeah, I'm gonna take fake pictures. And then you have the elephant thing where it's like, what am I gonna do? B- blow water on people? And then I got this bird where I'm shoving my face into the ass of the bird. <laughs> so like, what am I'm I? I'm into it. <laughs> so like, the only one that even looks half decent to me is like the gun one where you're like shoving your face to the back of a shotgun. Which I mean, that's how you shoot a shotgun, right? You just hold the gun right in front of your face and then you pull the trigger. So, I mean, it's teaching kids before they shoot real guns how to properly hold a gun right in front of your face. Yeah, you might yeah. catch a scope to the eye and cut yourself open, but right. it's fine. That's but, how, I mean, about guns. Again, to me, bottom line, I just, I don't, first of all, we all, when we this first got announced, we thought everything was going to be like, how how are they going to allow this to like mount it to your head, right? Like, it's going to be heavy because it's all going to be in the front end and... Uh, then you, then you, then the marketing came out and you start seeing, oh no, every single one of them is you hold a handle or you hold the cardboard and you hold it against your head. Like, like this, this isn't a good idea. It's just not good. I'm sorry. I, I, I think, yes, the, the, the specs do not fare well for this. And, and, you know, people in the uh, Facebook live right now are asking about like, what about the new switch with the better resolution? It's like right, but we're not. But that's not here yet, right? So like this Labo thing's coming out before that, and you're going to be running on this 720p screen that this that with again with the size of it, the specs come out below the developers of the original the developer specs of the original Oculus. So yes, they've done more with less in the in the past. This one is just going to fall flat in my opinion. And being this is your follow-up to the initial labo that I don't know, I think got lukewarm results. I think that's generous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think this is this is kind of like a huge this is gonna be a huge just kind of like you'll see them everywhere. For the people that bought them, they're gonna they're gonna use them one to two time, you know, a couple of times, handful of times, and then it's gonna be dead. And See, I think you're oh, I think you're underestimating children's ability to do the same crappy thing over and over again and still love it. I think you're underestimating attention span of children nowadays. Ooh, you're right. I am. <laughs> you're 100 right so, on that. You know, like to they'll me, light it on fire after three minutes. Yeah, to me, because it's not YouTube. To me, the other problem with it is that how much con- how much additional content do you, can you really see Nintendo developing for this? Because you're not going to get any third. I don't think you get third party backing no. for this. So how do you really, you know, how do you, how do you push this where it keeps going beyond these five 
gimmicky things. These are five gimmicky things. At least the robot like Labo kind of felt like a full-fledged thought out idea. I don't even know how long that game really was, but it was a full-fledged idea where here it's like, I want to try the elephant. Okay, now let's switch to the gun. I want to go back to the elephant. Now I want to take photos. I'm done. I just want to play something else. Like, put Mario in. You know, like that's, that's what's going to happen. I have I have two two final remarks on this. Okay. Now, when when you talked about, you know, like these are just normal things put into a, a v, quote VR game, I think you forget that we have a generation of children growing up that will never own, hold or use a camera. Just smartphone, just a little smartphone. So having that adjustable lens and stuff, that's a toy in itself. That's that's do that's that's that's, do, that's take a picture of how grandma takes pictures. No, all right? that's instantly gonna say I have to do this to focus. That's dumb. My phone does this automatically. Dumb. I'm done with it. No, because one I, and done. It's 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 the novelty. Children. I don't know if they like novelty, but it's a novelty. <laughs> so say, I don't know if that it's works. It's a novelty to you. Yeah, I mean, maybe they don't the children. Know what I don't, a lens is. I don't understand how children work now. <laughs> And then lastly, the final thing I have to say is don't knock it till you crock it. <laughs> Listen, it literally says it's for the kids and that's okay. And I'm still concerned with the fact that pushing VR for children. I haven't seen a company do it yet. When I again, when I bought my v, my PlayStation VR, it literally said in the box, do not let children use this for long periods of time. Grim, I challenge you to go to I don't know, somewhere like your local Applebee's neighborhood grill. Some, somewhere someone would take their family. A, a Coney Island for uh, for people that are local here. Mm. And I promise you, this is, you know, people are going to see this on the live stream. Here's what you're going to see at every table with children. No, you're not. You're going to see their, no. their, these little idiot kids with their phones three inches from their eyeballs oh, well, yeah. playing little touchscreen games 100%. and watching YouTube. Now they all got their tablets now. Yeah, They're and it's fancy. three inches from their face. So a VR headset is not going to do any more damage to a child's eye. Yeah, because you got magnifying glasses. <laughs> it literally is magnifying glasses in front of your screen. All these children will be blind regardless. LASIK surgery will be done on every 16-year-old in high school. Remember how we used to have to go for the hearing test? Raise your yeah, hand. Yeah. They're just going to parade kids in and have them do LASIK surgery yeah, in school I, and ship them back to history class. Basically, you've given everyone that listens to this podcast a great tip on the next stock to buy. Laser eye surgery. Yeah. We're all going to be blind. Okay. Topic number three is our Patreon news topic of the week. Every week we post on patreon.com slash Media two topics that you get to vote on if you're a patron, and you the winner gets talked about on this show. This week, we're going to let Deadite take it away because it's a very special topic dear to his heart. I am super excited for this, and I'm not stalling because I forgot to put in my audio clip or anything like that, so... Everyone just uh, remain calm for a second, and uh, I'm not stalling. This is not... This is, this is Every episode he does this. I'm not good at my job, okay? What do you want to hear from me? Patreon pick of the week. Now, I am excited about this one because the patrons voted on it, and I feel like there was a little bit of support from our patrons knowing that this is what I want to talk about because Grim Nixon from the show was like, put it up for the vote. Let me have our fans. I did. Let me talk about this, and they picked it, so I appreciate it. All three votes were you, probably. Well, yeah, I have many, <laughs> many $1 accounts that allow me to vote. Yep. Uh, so, after 30 years of being completely unknown to the public, 
a prototype professional wrestling game for the original Nintendo Entertainment System has surfaced. YouTuber Akron1981 bought this it was a submission for approval or you know test copy or whatever he bought it off an ex nintendo employee and this game is for uh, what wrestling fans would know as world championship wrestling or wcw uh, but the game has a unique name which is uwc which is which stands for universal wrestling corporation which i guess the wcw briefly went by that name i know nothing about that for all i know that's made up and i feel like i know a lot about wrestling history but that's that's what people are saying online when Ted Turner bought this company, that's the, the name they went under. Now, this game looks like it's typical 8-bit wrestling fare. Um, it's by a side perspective. So, you know, playing the game, it, it looks similar to if you're playing WrestleMania on the NES or pro wrestling on the NES. And the, the roster consists of the Road Warriors, Sting, Ric Flair, Bobby Eaton, Lex Luger's, Le Lex Luger, Ooh, and yeah. Luger's, both of them, and a few other wrestlers that I couldn't I couldn't distinguish who they were whatsoever. <laughs> it might be because it's 30 years ago, and I don't know every wrestler from 30 years ago, but odds are it was just because, you know, it was cheaply programmed. Now, it's not really clear why this game didn't see the light of day. It may be because the company that made it didn't actually have the licensing for the game. It could have something to do with the fact that, you know, it was titled UWC, which was not really a name that was ever well used in the world of wrestling. It should have been branded as a WCW game. I don't really know, but it never saw the light of day. Now, this game, from what I could see in the test footage that this uh, YouTuber who owns the cartridge put out, is it looks like it's a little more grappling-based than, let's say, pro wrestling or WrestleMania, which a lot of those are about kicks and punches and throwing people back and forth across the ropes. It actually looked like it was a little bit better put-together wrestling game than the other ones of its era, because I'm going to be honest with you, NES wrestling games suck. Whoa, those are my favorite wrestling I games. I know they're your favorite. Because they're the best. They're not good. It, like, even even <laughs> as much as I try to like playing pro wrestling or WrestleMania or tag team wrestling or anything from that era, they're all really rough to play. And they're a novelty that's fun to play for about 10 minutes. And then you just get frustrated that it's not very fun and you want to move on. You think this is going to be any different? It looks slightly more fun. And I, I, the you know, uh, Akron nineteen eighty one said he's going to figure out how he wants to release the ROM free to the public. So when that's the case, I will likely try to get my hands on it and and play it. And who knows, maybe I'll make a, a YouTube video, you know, put it up on our channel for for people to see what the game is like and compare it to its contemporaries, other other games of the era. But that that's really all we know about it is the, this YouTube clip is out there, and. I don't know. It, it doesn't. I'm not sad that this game never came out. The odds of me owning it if I saw it for $5 on the street, that's about the most I would pay for it. Now, you know, obviously this is a rare game, but if it was a fully released game, because wrestling games back then weren't fun. Just, I mean, that's just the facts about it. But what's cool about this whole story is the fact that a 30 year old unreleased NES game was found. Yeah, I mean, that is uh, obviously pretty wild to, to think that something that's. Uh been around, especially with some of the licensing that is involved here, and was never, never known about. It was just, it was this lost gem for some people, and I think it is cool that they are figuring out how to get it out there so that people can can try it out. But uh, I mean, yeah, it's always it's always cool when a lost like a piece of art that was lost is uh, is reintroduced, especially something that is clearly. Um, 
polished and complete or completed, I should say. Yeah. Um, versus like, I mean, a canceled game and with some weird assets and, and there's only one level or whatever. This this seems like a full game that just kind of got lost, which is wild. Yeah, and it, it's something that I just feel like we're not going to have. Th- okay, 30 years from now, are people going to be really revved up because they find some canceled PlayStation 4 game? I don't I don't think so. No, not PlayStation 4, but I'm tell you what, when, when the original Scalebound gets released because it was actually done, <laughs> um, that'll be wild. It, and it's just, it, we just live in such a different era where games are like everything gets put out. There's the if a Bio game- Freaks 2, you wouldn't be interested in Bio Freaks 2? No, because BioFreaks 1 wasn't good. Uh, right, but BioFreaks 2 got it right. They just canceled it. You know, where you know it was just, what, two, three years ago that Star Fox 2 finally got its official release, and that was a big deal to some people. But it was like a legendary, like, lost game. And we find one of those. that was out, though. That, that, that wasn't like this game. Like, this game, you yeah. couldn't even find a ROM. People knew that that existed, and it had ROMs. Yeah. And it was just, it was still sort of this, like, interesting still, yeah. bit of, history yep. that it w- wasn't released to focus on the N64 but yeah again this was completely unknown about by the public it was never teased it was never talked about and I just feel like we're not going to have that in the future when it comes to video games or if so it's all going to be small games that no one cared about something mm-hmm. like I just feel like we're not going to have a lot of canceled licensed properties that the internet you know sleuths you know never dig up well i think you're right because now you know uh, licensed properties cost so much to even get started for it to have like just kind of get misplaced or lost is almost it, it, it never it's right it's never gonna happen so yeah i mean this is this is interesting uh, within this industry I, I don't think you see many more of these so it's kind of a it's kind of a cool uh, cool story for sure yeah, and I don't know. I guess for me, it'd be less cool if it was just like some dumpy football game, but it's wrestling. Right, so I, yeah. was, I was just excited that yeah. it was. Uh, That's why people uh, voted for it. They, they knew that they it would knew. make me happy. We have yep. nice patrons. Yep. So, AKA, I voted for it three times. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our last topic of the show for the news segment is Microsoft has announced. Well, sorry, they haven't announced, but the rumors are starting to float around that a. Uh, the newest model of the Xbox One will have a will not have a disk drive, and could be com- could be coming out in May of this year. Wow! So in a couple, that's like yeah. a month and a half away. <laughs> yeah, in a couple of months here, we could li- literally have a third Xbox SKU uh, coming in, which the um, system itself would then only play digital content. Right, you wouldn't have the optical drive. You could not insert a disc, and so now you are looking at this system that would cost considerably less, um, where you could maybe come in at the sub two hundred dollar marketplace there, which is interesting, and then really push something like the Xbox Game Pass, Um, and they've even started to kind of rumor about. Uh, trading in your physical items. So if you were to buy a system like this, going to a Microsoft store with your physical disc of, let's say, I I don't know, Gears of War 4, and handing it to them, trading it in, and then they give you a digital code for Gears of War 4. So you could convert your physical into digital right at the Microsoft store. Man, that'd be a baller move, Microsoft. Yeah. That'd be a baller move. Very interesting. Now... what that is is that's no, that's Microsoft 
saying, ha, 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 we were right. You don't want to share games with people. You just want your own games. That's Microsoft trying to prove themselves right from the launch of the Xbox One. Yeah, and I think the big the big deal of the, the launch of Xbox One is that it was kind of silly at, when you think about it because the couch co-op aspect of games and stuff died off so bad in this generation for a while, and now it's starting to come back because the indie scene really is the, were the ones bringing it back initially. And so, yeah, sharing games were more or less like, I'm done with this, you could play it. I mean, that's really what it was. But instead, uh, we have we have people in the community that are more interested in the digital copy because they have multiple PlayStations or they have multiple Xboxes and they can play it across all their systems without having to move a disc around. It makes it easier for family, you know, people like Invalid who have kids that play video games and themselves, and they can share that one purchase amongst everybody instead of having to make multiple disc purchases. So it's interesting, though, because uh, May 2019 of a, you know, a, a disc drive being removed from the Xbox was, you know, the rumor was the Scarlet, right? The, this next generation of Xbox that was going to have two SKUs, one, one this monster system that had an optical drive, and then one a cheaper system that was just straight up cloud-based and digital only. So the fact that they're moving even faster to get this Xbox One third skew out really kind of sums up this whole like test market, right? They want to get it out there and see if people are even interested in it. Uh, how how people once the people that do buy it, how do they use it? Are they more Game Pass people? Do they buy digital? Where they want to own licenses? Like this is all to me. It just a last you know. Give me twelve months of analytics. So I can get ready for my next gen, which will have this option. And and this falls into things Microsoft has done later in their system lives before. Wasn't it the Xbox 360 basic or what do they call it? Where they, it was just you didn't really get a hard drive. It came with a wired controller. Mm-hmm. It you know it didn't. It may not have even had HDMI support at the time. It had like less expensive cables. Like they've done things like that in the past to try to make a an affordable option or an option that's more um, family-friendly and, and that sort of stuff. And it, to me, that sort of seems like what this could be. Uh, what price point do you think it's going to fall into? What what, cl- what, uh, well, what, X- what specs do you think we're, we're going to so see? So an here? Xbox One S is what, is, is what I believe you're getting spec-wise as mm-hmm. far as CPU and stuff like that. But an Xbox One S right now retails 250 you know, and so... At 250, let's take out this Blu-ray drive that is 4K that can play 4K movies, you know. And even if we consider it like I can't consider that a $50 part, I believe it would probably be above that. So that's why I'm sitting here going, could we see a $150 system? And at and 150 dollars to buy an Xbox, you're now kind of putting yourself into the premium level of like. Like, I know you can get some cheap Roku boxes and stuff, but there are premium level boxes like that, say like the NVIDIA uh, box and stuff like that, that now 150 bucks I can get into the Xbox uh, platform and get all the benefits of Netflix and everything else that I want to watch for multimedia, but also have a legitimate gaming system. Something that I think would just be a big move in a way that you could market this and sell this to people is put a second controller in there. If let's say it's a $150 box with two controllers and sell it as the, the 
it's already ready to go for the family. There's something about that that I liked about the SNES Classic that they gave you the two controllers, and I kind of wonder if that could also be a, a point of success, or even if they want to charge... 179 for this, but they give you two controllers. There's something about that I think could make this even more appealing to some families. But again, if you're just trying to get repurchases, if you're just trying to get people to upgrade their system, that really wouldn't be necessary. Yeah, and the other thing I we we probably will see at the you know I don't know if we'll see it in a public standpoint, but at least a beta standpoint is I think we see Project uh, X Cloud, which is their uh, cloud gaming service. Mm -hmm. Um, at least get tested on this device because the idea of Project X Cloud is that you should be able to play games as long as you have a strong internet connection. You should be able to play games at the same performance as, say, the Xbox One X. Just because you have a good internet connection, let the server side, let Microsoft side do all the processing of the graphics and everything else. So that's going to be that next piece that we're going to see introduced next generation, tested here and now on the Xbox One. And when you mix up, you know, Game Pass with, and then the that Project X Cloud, you really are building an ecosystem that is next gen. And yeah. so, with that being said, you can't say Sony has even talked about anything like that. Nintendo hasn't even talked of anything like that. So, I mean, it's pretty impressive that Microsoft has somehow managed to build all of this, and and be public about it. And unless somebody comes out of you know comes out of nowhere and drops a bomb, they're kind of setting themselves up to be leaders of technology at least in into this next generation of gaming. So this will be the let's look at this as getting close to the fourth generation of Xbox. Yeah. And what we're potentially seeing now is we we had a hardware race between Sony and Microsoft for we're calling it three generations so far and Sony has done a really really good job producing really good hardware but what we're seeing is Microsoft the company's forethought and infrastructure finally coming to be like this is the power that Microsoft can put behind the gaming world. The technology hasn't been there before for everything else Microsoft does to be able to support the world of gaming. And now we're at that point where all of Microsoft's servers and cloud-based technologies and, and power as the world leader in technology, they're finally being able to say, okay, we're also really going to be the leader in gaming technology as well. Because yeah. it's not an, it's not a hardware arms race anymore. No, exactly. And and that's the thing is that even though it's not hardware arms race, there's like Microsoft is still flexing its muscle by throwing out that one system that's like, yeah, if you want it, here it is. It's a tank. You know, and and that's the one me personally that's what I want, right? I want like like uh, Project Scorpio when it was when that was its code name and everything I was like oh my god this is cool I don't even play Xbox teraflops but this is cool <laughs> and you know and yeah they even did a good job with just hyping up these this these weird videos that really didn't show us anything besides talking about specs that half the people you know not even half majority of the of the of the uh, gamers were like I don't even know what that necessarily translates to but. They did it anyways, knowing it wasn't going to be their top sold system, but people bought it. And, and at the same time, they made the S super affordable. People, people bought it, and now they're going to come out with this, this other option. And, I mean, just the other day, I bought um, Devil May Cry 5, and I, had Anth and I also bought Anthem, both physical. 
and my setup allows is set up where if I want to change a disc, I unfortunately have to get up out of my desk, go down, you know, through the whole bedroom around the couch and back in because I kind of built uh, what would you consider a big U? Yeah, is like a, is the walking way that pattern around this, and I never thought about the idea that I'm like, well, if I need to switch discs, I have to get up and do that. And so someone's like, let's play Anthem. And I had just put Devil May Cry 5 in to do the installs. I was like, okay, hold on. Take my headset off, get up, go over there, switch my disc, come back around. And I mean, again, I'm not saying it was a lot of work, but it... But, I mean, you almost died. Yeah, I did. But I'm a champion, so I, I survived. But the big thing, I sat down, I go, man, I kind of wish these were digital. And, and then like today I was, um, you know, I, I pre-ordered Division 2 for the Xbox and I did it through Best Buy because my gamers club's about to expire, so I wanted my discounts. And then the more I sat back and I honestly thought about canceling my pre-order and paying more because I was like, well, if I get digital, then when midnight hits today as I'm recording this, I could I already I already have the game downloaded because I could pre-download it. I already have day one patch downloaded because I could pre-download that. At midnight, I can literally fire up division two and play it. Instead. I have to wait, go into Tuesday, at lunch during work, drive to Best Buy, pick up my copy just so that I have it, come back to work, finish my shift, go home, put the disc in, run the what looks to be 60 gigabyte update, day one patch, and then play. And so it's just kind of like, again, I'm looking at it like, man, is that worth the $30 that I saved? Right, and so like I'm starting. Yes, and, it's and, worth thirty dollars. And, and yeah, and to me, it, it still is, and that's why I kept my physical copy. But to people that uh, like Brayden, Brayden was like, "No, I'm just gonna get the ultimate edition digital because I never, a, I'm never gonna trade the game in, so I don't need a physical edition. I just want it as soon as I can because Division is one of, if not his favorite game of all time. Yeah. So you know, like that's the difference that we're dealing with right now. And that's why it's interesting that this Xbox, whatever they're going to call it, um, is going to come out. I believe it has a code name right now of like uh, um, Xbox, is it Harriet or something like that? I can't, I can't remember now. I'll have to look for it. But, um, you know, it's interesting that this, this next copy is going to come out. You're only going to have, I mean, the shelf life will be beyond when the new Xbox comes out. But really, you have a year, year and a half before everyone doesn't care anymore and they want that next next greatest thing but uh yeah it's it's the top loader it is it's that yeah it, the top right you're right it's that last generation of a system that kind of comes out and you know what's funny is that a lot of people don't even know about the last 360 that came out there was like a there was like an e model that came out that was just this flat black slim baseline that was dirt cheap it's a system that was like lost because it came out right before the Xbox One. And the reason companies do that is because they have years of software developed. And if they can sell a few more games to someone who wanted to pay nothing for the system, they're still going to make money. It's a no brainer. So it, we're just seeing either we're beyond the midpoint. We all agreed that the, the Pro and the X were the midpoint of this generation or, you know, the climax of this generation. And we already knew that the next generation was on its way. And this is just Microsoft saying, hey, this is how we're going to close it out by giving you a glimpse of the future. Yeah, and I'm um, just to correct myself. The, I was way, it's got a way cooler name than whatever I said. Codename Xbox Maverick. 
Maverick is way cooler than Harriet. Uh, Harriet. Like you're like, oh, well, we named this after my aunt Harriet. <laughs> yeah, you never know. I mean, they, they she physically can't I get think up they to change the game. Should have called it Xbox Harriet because it has such a short life and no one's going to care about it. Save Xbox Maverick <laughs> like for an old something. lady in a retirement home. That's dark, Grim. I, 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 didn't, dark. I didn't necessarily reference it like that. That was the- you implication was there. <laughs> All right. Well, that was our attack on the news for these topics and much more. Go visit gameslowmedia.com. Click on the blog. Click on the YouTube content. Click on everything. Enjoy all sorts of stuff that we're making daily at gamezillamedia.com. It's time to get into the Zilla update. We're doing the update. Zilla style. <sighs> Grim, can I go first this week? Yeah, sure. Go for it, man. So, Coming up here on Saturday night, I had planned to go watch the Michigan State, Michigan basketball, my in-laws house, go green. But L doesn't, my wife doesn't want to watch basketball for three hours. So I smartly was like, let's take the switch. You haven't even touched Captain Toad since we got it for Christmas. And she's like, instantly her night's made. She doesn't have to be bored watching basketball for three hours. I don't have to answer questions about basketball rules for three hours, <laughs> which I barely understand because the basketball rules are stupid. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, she gets to enjoy playing some Captain Toad on Switch. So we have about 45 minutes before we're getting ready to go. And we were watching, I don't know what we were watching on TV, America's Got Talent or something stupid that I didn't really want to watch. But at the same time, I didn't want to undock the Switch that was charging and end up draining the battery out. So then she doesn't get to play enough Captain Toad. And then we have the basketball problem situation. Yeah. So I'm trying to manage my situation to make sure my night is optimized. My wife's night is optimized. So for this 45 minutes, I'm tired of watching what's on TV. I head down to the basement, grab my grab, go down to my gaming area and grab my old 3DS off the shelf. And I, I blow the dust off of it and decide I'm just going to just play something on 3DS here on the couch. And the game that was in the system was Super Mario 3D Land. I was like, you know what? This this will actually be really kind of fun. Play uh, a fun 3D adventure with Mario, and it happened to be Mario Day, March 10th. So why wouldn't I do it? And oh no, March 10th is the next day. It was stupid. It was close to Mario Day. I'm getting the facts all mixed up. I'm a huge <laughs> liar. Uh, but I powered on, and I'm on like World Seven. I'm like, oh, there's eight worlds in Mario. So over the next couple days, I just burned through that. I didn't even touch the switch for two days, just burning through. Get all the way to Bowser's Castle, and I beat it. And I post in our Discord like, oh hell yeah, I actually beat a game. First game beat of 2019 by me, the guy who never finishes video games. Nice. To find out. Then there's a whole special world where you just replay the game, only it's harder and the levels are harder. Oh, you got to beat that then. No, no, I didn't even beat it at all. No, no, it doesn't count now. It was super defeating, but, <laughs> you know, th- there's there's aspects of this game that it's super cool. As far as a 3DS game goes, it's one of the only ones the 3D is worth doing. I play the whole game with the 3D on because there are really cool effects. There was one where I was going against like a boomerang bro or whatever they're called, and he was in the back, you know, I was looking down into the screen at him and he threw the boomerang and the boomerang effect looked really good of it like kind of coming out the screen and stuff i was like wow this is really fun but the problem with the way this game is designed is it's your your mario moving in a 3d space but it's a fixed camera it's not like mario 64 or mario odyssey where you can move the camera to line things up to be confident with your jumps when you're jumping around and you're on a fixed camera, it's really hard sometimes to land on the enemies. And that's that's one of the things it just in a Mario game, you want precise 
platforming. Yeah. And this game just feels floaty and hard to land the jumps on the enemy. When that's your primary way of killing your enemy, and it, you just every time I go for a jump, I go, oh, I have no idea if I'm actually going to land on the Goomba or if I'm just going to fall in the pit next to the Goomba. I have no idea. So as far as a Mario game goes, I really don't think it's all that great compared to other 3D Mario games. But with that being said, it's still a Mario game, so it's still fun. So it, it was just kind of nice for me to get back to the 3DS because two years ago when the Switch came out, other than Samus Returns coming out, I know you and I have pretty much relegated our, our 3DS to, oh, I guess the Switch battery's dead. If I have to, I'll play my 3DS. Yeah. And it was really nice to, to to pop it open and get back into it. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to finish uh, Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon as well. Like, it's another really good 3DS game that I have that I never put the quality time into so it was, it was just nice getting back to that and you know i i think super mario 3d land is a 20 dollars game now on their like you know player's choice yeah. or whatever they call it now so if you like a 3d mario game and you own a 3ds but not a switch it's probably worth owning for 20 dollars. you're gonna have fun. it's it's a good game for the kids because at least the first playthrough of it is not tremendously hard whatsoever other than the awkwardness of the mechanics but it, was, it just kind of felt good. There's something about playing a 3DS that's childlike joy for me, I guess. And yeah, it was just good to get back to it. Cool. All right. Well, I have uh, two because I'm going to deadite this and, and actually take uh, a little extra time and do two. The first one's pretty quick. I beat Anthem. I beat the story of Anthem. And uh, I can say I enjoyed it. Uh, I've unlocked the in-game content that everyone keeps talking about. Like, I haven't gotten into the in-game content where people are complaining, but I have um, gotten to that point where I'm like, this is cool, there's a lot to do. I could see myself putting a lot of time into this. And the thing, and I don't want to give any spoilers away, but the thing is, is that the way the game ended, well, sorry, the way the story ended and the way that they kind of give you some cutscenes and it was so Bioware. It was so like old school Bioware of basically being like, yep, you did it. Here's what might be next. And it was just kind of like the perfect tease where you're like, oh man, I can't wait. And of course, Anthem's idea is it's that game as a service. So every 30, 60, 90 days, I'm going to get something that could be that next thing. And so I was super sold on this. I'm like, all right, I'm in. Let's start. Let's start the grind. I'm gonna go do in-game content, and at the same time, it was cool that the way that they want you to do some of this uh, in-game stuff is that I could hop into um, our friend Fox McCloud server's game, who is still doing the story and needed help with some stuff, and I was still getting credit for my in-game st- stuff by helping him push his story, and so that was helpful in a way where you can share this game and play with friends, even though maybe you're at different spots in the game. I had a really good time with that. And um, you, you made it past the glitch, right? You made yeah, it past I mean, the, yeah. So yeah, that was, you know, that's where we left off. I made it past that glitch and didn't have a problem after that Great. Um, through the rest of that story. So, and the uh, patchwork, some, they've released some patchwork and then there's a huge patchwork um, dropping tomorrow actually that uh, is supposed to fix over 300 different or not fix but they're supposed to tweak and work on like over 300 different aspects of the game so it's the next big push for anthem uh my second uh moment of the week would be going over to good old jazzy fiddle's house for some NALCS league of legends 
just party just to watch nice. watch some pros play League of Legends. Uh, he invited myself and Spidey2KX over uh, for for just a, a viewing party, and we went over there, sat down, we watched every single game on Sunday. Uh, we got to watch my boys Cloud9 get the win, and um, sorry, Spidey and my mine favorite team c9 and um you know ate some pizza helped jazzy fix some of his issues he was having with his streaming uh setup and really get to you know uh he has this brand new game room uh man cave whatever you want to call it but uh game cave downstairs super nice he's uh he's all set up for for watching gaming playing games and it was just it was cool to go hang out with some buddies and you know it kind of it kind of felt like going and watching like basketball yeah but super nerdy yeah <laughs> so yeah we had a good time with that i had to, i had to make sure that that got brought up but if you want to be if you want to have as good of a time as i do gotta go to your mother-in-law's house to that's watch it yeah yeah I, I messed that up there was popcorn we there, had was, preg- there, there was peppermint tea we, we had, had a relaxing night we had a pregnant lady there okay okay I mean, yeah. it, it was pretty good okay i got to see the new nursery okay so like there was a level of of just uh Family. Okay, you gotta you gotta have the family <laughs> aspect. It's gotta feel like family. All right. Well, yeah, that's my that's our um, moments of the week. We always want to hear stuff that you guys are getting into, and there's no better place than the Discord. So gameslemedia.com. Click on that Discord button. Talk with us about gaming or whatever else you want to talk about. There's all sorts of channels in there. There's too many channels in there. That's you'll that's, find something you like. You will. All right. So um, we got, we got all- some questions. Well, we got first. We got to talk about we got some dope shows. We do. It's not just the Gamezilla podcast. It really is. No, I'm just kidding. It's not. If you like uh, classic gaming, retro gaming, you need to make sure you listen to the Legend of Retro podcast. If you like Dungeons and Dragons and you want to learn about Dungeons and Dragons, you got Noobs and Dragons, the adventure that you cannot resist by Craig WK. I like that. The adventure you cannot resist. If you like action movies it's the podcast you cannot resist it's the last action podcast <laughs> you stole it from me king kong ain't got nothing on me it's a no that was an original thought don't accuse me of theft no that was my thought that accidentally came out of my mouth and then you were like i like that and then you used it well, sometimes i just like repeating what you say it's a if new you thing here don't the show. like last action podcast and action movies then listen to movie blast where they teach you either why you should or shouldn't watch movies that's what they do movie blast with bob and bex and then, of course, we have the Noiseland Arcade, our newest podcast at Gamezilla Media. It is all about the greatest television show to ever exist, The Simpsons. They take you episode by episode through the history of The Simpsons. Uh, it's a great time, and it's the perfect listen for any Simpsons fan. It's Noiseland Arcade. All the shows available, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Overcast, and, of course, GamezillaMedia.com. All right, Graham, are you ready for it? I'm ready. The FBI has just sent a letter to Gaze informing them that they have discovered new emails. Downloading emails from GameZillaMedia.com. All right, first email. Hey, fellas, I'm into games from all game genres. Know any video game tournaments that might be happening this weekend? The Glitch. 
<laughs> oh boy. Nope. Don't know a single one. I know one. The Morelli Video Gaming Tournament this Saturday. Register gamezillamedia.com. It's just $10 to enter. I will be there. Grim will be there. Grim, you've already registered, right? Oh, yeah. I registered today because I'm not going to miss out. Reserve your spot. Register today. GameZillaMedia.com. So thanks for sending that one in. Glitch. And hey, if you want your emails read, send them in. Info at GameZillaMedia.com. If it's you know something relevant in the news, email us about it. We want to know what you want us to talk about when it comes to the hottest news topics or any question you have about gaming. We have a couple other ones we're going to do. Okay, here's one. Hey, guys, it's Poolovision here. There are currently two possible leaked champions for Apex Legends, Octane and Watson. What do you think their abilities are, passive, usable, and ultimate? This one's mostly gonna be for Grim, because I've only played Apex Legends a couple times. What do you think, Grim? So, have you been following these leakages? I have. Uh, so the big rumor right now is that uh, when you're listening to this on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, wherever it is, Cheap then plugs. there's a very, right, yeah, sirens going off. But if there is... The rumor is that the Battle Pass Season 1 could officially launch right now. It could be happening right now. Which if, if that's the case, then there's a good chance that we're going to be seeing Octane, our newest legend. And Octane already has been in the test servers. So if you've been... Oh, there's some people that have been talking about him, streaming him, stuff like that on the test servers. The Octane, I already know what he does. And, and he's an interesting champ that or legend that they're worried might be kind of OP depending on how well his passive and abilities work. So his passive is that as long as he's not taking damage, he's healing. I don't know how fast, I don't know these things, but that's that's a very interesting passive when other passives are like, when you're seen, you, it, a voice in your head tells you, or when you're seen, you get double speed. You know, like things like that, not auto heal. So that one's an interesting one. You also have the ability to um, uh, move oh, double speed. So you basically inject yourself. You get double speed, but you it costs you 10% of your health, but slows do not affect you during that time. So example, if you're running through a caustic uh, poison smoke, you could pop this and then run through it with double speed and not be slowed at all. So that's very interesting. And then your alt is you basically throw down this jump pad and you jettison yourself up into the sky like maybe you were, you know, a way to kind of re redeploy yourself similar to your balloon lines that you can use. Again, I don't know how high you can jump and I also assume your teammates can use this jump pad similar to how me playing as Wraith, my, my teammates can use my portals. So. It's very interesting. Octane sounds like a lot of fun. He looks really cool. He's got this, he's kind of got this cool mask going, but it looks like he's got robot legs, but he's human still. So he's a hybrid of, of uh, some of these characters that we've already seen. But um, yeah, I really like what Octane looks like. I have a bold prediction when it comes to Octane. Grim will exclusively play as Octane because he's going to follow his Rocket League principle and only play Octane. He played he, Octane's his favorite car on Rocket League. It's going to be his favorite uh, legend in Apex Legends. It's not a bad guess. It's tough for Apex Legends because I already have so, uh, you know, I guess another gaming moment of the week for me here in the middle of emails is I broke 400 kills with Wraith. So mm -hmm. I broke into the 400 kill zone. So I really like want to keep pushing that character. 
I want to keep building on that because, you know, I like, I just, it is nice when you get to pick that character and people see it and then instantly they're like, ooh, I want to stay away from that guy. Probably not, but still, you know, they're, in my, they're, in my head, that they're quivering in their boots. Yeah, they're scared for sure. They're scarred for sure. But, um, anyways, do you know anything about uh, Watson? Yeah, you mentioned Wa- Watson. In his Watson, email? um, I don't know as much about. I know there's some, there's some uh, hints of Watson in the uh, beginning of the of apex so like some of the cutscenes and stuff in the very beginning of apex when you first launch it there's actually some giveaways to watson um but realistically watson and several other names get mentioned um in in these leaks because people are doing the same thing they do with many of these other games they're diving into the data and they're coming out with these uh you know with this information that's in the code watson has been talked about as far as uh, electrical makes sense so I don't know like what that means as far as abilities. Like I can't even I can't even imagine what you could do with with Watson um, because I mean I guess you could do some sort of electricity you know like a Jedi electrical shock thing. But when you think about moves, it's like I have a phase with Wraith. You have smoke with Bang. You know you have like they're all kind of not damaging. They're more of like an escape or temporary temporary uh, damage reduction or or complete uh, reduction. So I'm trying to think. Uh, you have Lifeline, which is a healer. You have um, um, Pathfinder, which is just a, just a kind of like a grappling hook for yourself as, as your L1 um, or your left bumper if you're playing on Xbox. I don't know what it is called on PC, but maybe it's maybe it's click. I, I don't know, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, scroll wheel. Yeah. So I mean, to th- to think of the, uh, L- the the lightning attack f- causing damage, maybe it's a stun or something yeah. where it doesn't do uh, doesn't do damage. But then how's that any different than a throwing star? You know, like you want some variation to it. So I don't know. Watson, I've heard is electrical based. I don't have a guess on what they would do. Um, electrical teleportation or something like that for the alt. Could it be like a flashbang? Blind you? Oh yeah, there's not really a flashbang. You're right. That that could work. Yeah. Some sort of some sort of uh super bright uh flash that that could work. Um the, I mean they've they've announced Crypto, Jericho, Nomad, Octane, Prophet, Rampart, uh Rosie, Scunner, and uh what is it? Uh Hashera or whatever. I mean I can't read. These are all in the code. So I mean you know they're all they're working on a bunch of them because they're getting ready for season one. They're getting ready to probably add more outside of the season because they still want they still got to figure out a way for you to either buy them or earn them with that in-game currency. But it is interesting that they're going to. It looks like um, Octane might be actually included in the battle pass. So if you just play the battle pass, you can get Octane. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, you know, I spent about three or four minutes just now trying to work in some sort of joke about Watson, the Pokemon gym leader. Failed to do so, but I just there, want people to know I tried. There was a really good, <laughs> actually, the one I really liked that came out of the Facebook Live again um, is um, Miggy chimed in and basically said he could overcharge your teammates. So could he oh. buff? He could. Yeah, we don't have a buffer really yeah. uh, in the game right now. So could he? Could he temporarily buff a, t- a teammate like a mer- like like a, not Mercy uh, Zenyatta could do in Overwatch or something where all of a sudden you're taking less damage or you're causing more damage or something like that. It could be a speed buff. It yeah. Could be, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of things you could do with it. That's a really cool thought for sure. Yep. 
All right, we're going to get into our last email question of the week. Hey, fellas, keeping it simple tonight, with Google Google's reveal being just over a week away, how are they going to fit in with the big boys? Game on, Fox McCloud server. Fox, they're not. <laughs> so, so, so to clarify, he he's hinting at the fact that there's been a long rumored uh, Google video game platform, and from from what we can see, it looks like uh, it's going to come along with a streaming service. Uh, you know, it'll, you know, they're trying to release some sort of probably box that's going to be in your home. And and Grim, did you say that? Uh, GDC, Game Developer Conference, is running this weekend? The 18th through the 22nd. So yeah. I think it's actually, what, two weekends away? Yeah. Yeah. Um, or is it this weekend? That's this weekend. Yeah. So anyways, the that is happening, and um, there's a very there's a possibility that that's where we're going to hear about the new Xbox, and Google's probably going to go ahead and make their announcement here as well. And, I mean, the thing about Google's box is I just don't know – there's not really room for it. Like, I, I don't think they pull the audience that they think they're going to pull. Like, I don't care if you're Google. I don't care if you're Apple. And, and you want to go release a game console. You're not a game maker. It's, you're going to run into the same problem that Xbox ran into. The original Xbox was the most powerful thing that, that we had ever seen, and it sat on shelves. You know, like, yes, people bought it for Halo, but it sat on shelves. It wasn't the PS2. It, it wasn't Nintendo. And so because of that, it took a while to build up some momentum and trust for gamers to sit there and say, oh yeah, that's a that's an option for me. And I just don't think, when I think Google, I don't think gaming. And the fact that you're already trying to squeeze in a streaming service and stuff like that, it's like, don't you own YouTube? Am I confused? I'm pretty sure they own YouTube. So like, you know, like is that your streaming service? Because, okay, I can use YouTube streaming anywhere, so why is it special on your system? Maybe you'll show me here this this well, coming weekend. I, I thought I was assuming that it would be a game you you stream the game Netflix style. I think that that's what they oh, mean by oh, yeah, I'm not talking yeah, about yeah, a streaming yeah, platform. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about you know Well uh, that's that's all they are. Yeah. I, I think I think when this this news broke what last year? Yeah. They they came out and said we are a cloud service, and that's why they were letting people test it with um, Assassin's Creed mm -hmm. through the Chrome uh, yeah. browser. And so yeah, well, okay, I'm, I was confused. Yeah, your wires crossed. It happens. But with that being said, yes, they are kind of uh, stepping into what Xbox is trying to do, and looks like maybe they're both announcing at the same time. So I th it should I th be interesting. I think if Google and Xbox are entering the same space. Even if the cost of entry is higher for the Microsoft platform, if they're similar enough services, people are going to go with Xbox. They're going to go with the known name. They're, Google would have to do something unique that I can't even really dream up to be able to get right. a leg up going into this space. Either they would have to launch very quickly with very interesting games at a enticing price, or they're not... They're going to be dead, dead in the water. Yeah. Especially if Microsoft, people will wait for Microsoft, I think. Yeah. I agree. And I think uh, also the rumors came out earlier this week with the uh, leaked images of what the controller is going to look like. And I will give them credit that at least they didn't try to reinvent the controller because I think where we're at right now, the controller is what it is. I don't think there is that answer of what the controller needs to be next. Mm -hmm. And so unlike what Steam tried to do with their controller and, you know, and others, they just came 
came out with a pretty traditional looking controller. The the uh, joysticks are, are next to each other instead of offset like an Xbox controller, so more like a DualShock. But it looks pretty standard. I don't know who's making it, if they're making it. And, and because of it, again, you even come into that play, like how cheap does the controller feel? You know, like... Like, okay, yeah, I can play the same games, but if I'm on Xbox, I can play with all my friends. If I'm on PlayStation, I can play with all my friends. How does that work with the the Google box? If I buy the Google box, do I get to play with PC people? Do I only get to play with Google people? Like, And, and yes, some games, like Fortnite, I'm sure, uh, obviously are cross-platform. But again, when those games come around like that aren't right now, like Apex Legends is not, if I'm going to be able to play it on Google, whatever they're going to call it, is it only with Google players? Or am I stuck playing on a subpar system against all the PC players? Here's the way that this could gain some ground and have some success. I, I have no idea to predict if it would be anything that most people consider some success. But in, in my mind, if this is a, uh, a box to put in your living room to stream games, but you could do it on the new what is it, the new Pixel book? The new, like, and then on your Pixel phone, if you have the ability to play across any of your Google or Google Pixel, you know, on, a, like, a nice Chromebook, if you have the ability to play in those places, it, if you go, okay, well, I can play on my tabletop set here, or I can, you know, link my leave my control links into my Pixel 3, it makes it a little more enticing. And, and if the, these devices already have an install base, so if you're someone that likes gaming and has a Pixel phone and there's integration between the two, I could see that being something that someone would consider buying into, but we're not going to know that until they come out and say it. Yeah, I also have to see what their game library looks like. It's just, it's so hard. I think it's, it's such a hard market to go and say, we're going to bring hardware into yeah. it. And even if you're Google, and I mean, if anybody could do it, a company like Google is the company to try. I just, me personally, a person that loves gaming, I have, I, I have really at this moment no interest in this in this product. Yeah, I mean, you're just waiting for your pre-order of your Atari VCS to show up. So I did pre-order it. There's no reason for you to even consider what Google has going on. And until I get it, I'll just be playing my Atari Jaguar. Yeah, it's probably good. I mean, if you're talking about having eye problems. The Jaguar is the best way to do it. Oh, hand problems, too. I mean, you know. <laughs> that controller. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that is, uh, those are our emails for the week. So, again, thanks to everyone who sent one in. Uh, we appreciate it so much. And again, you can have your emails read by submitting them info at gamesillamedia.com. You can send them in any day of the week. And obviously, we read them the day that we record. And uh, we appreciate you taking your time to draft an email and send it into us. And, um, uh, I don't know. Before we wrap things up, one last time, I have to beg you to come hang out with me at the Morelli Video Gaming Tournament we this need friends. this coming Saturday. It is for a good cause. If you don't want to hang out with me, you don't want to hang out with Grim. At least you're going to want to support the Michigan Disabled American Veterans because the proceeds of the tournament go. And hey, you can win an Amazon gift card. You can, you can win prize. There's an awesome raffle that's happening. It's this Saturday. In Westland, all the details are available, gamezillamedia.com. Registration online ends on Thursday. There are some walk-up spaces, but make sure you pre-register. Guarantee your spot at the Morelli Video Gaming Tournament. Sign up today. All right, this podcast has been brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash gamezillamedia today to see everything Gamezilla Media has to offer. 
If this podcast wasn't enough for you, if the Discord's not enough for you, we also have YouTube. We have streamers on Facebook, Twitch, Mixer. We're everywhere. You can find out most of that information by following us on social media. Facebook, YouTube, sorry, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Follow GameZilla Media. Get updates on when people like myself, Owl Zero, Spidey2KX, Matrick, um, who am I whom I'm blanking on here? Deadite, he's coming back. Man, I haven't streamed since September. Comeback's got to happen eventually. Comeback's going to happen when he gets that ROM for that new that new uh, wrestling game on the NES. Man, no doubt. Let me just play that music from that game again. Do it. Mm, yep. <laughs> there it is and of course we have our blog when we're not doing podcasts we're writing about video games and talking about them in the discord so there is always content for you here at gamezilla media thanks for hanging out on episode 250 of the gamezilla podcast we are your elite free dlc for all your gaming news and until next time game, game on, on.